This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your special impeachment insanity edition. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDogs. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDogs at gmail.com. Rather leave a voicemail? You can call me on the vent line at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Oh, man. I think I have figured out the Democrats' tactic, uh, how they're going to use this impeachment process to get us to either stay home during the 2020 election or vote against Donald Trump. They are going to torture us with having to listen to Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters drone on and on, unless we capitulate, throw in the towel, and and just let them have their way, they're going to continue to torture us with these views of these repulsive lunatics constantly on our TV sets. And yesterday was peak Impeachment insanity, of course, the very first day where they present their case to the Senate. It was a foregone conclusion when Donald Trump got elected that he was going to be impeached. There was too much at stake in the Washington establishment to allow this guy to have two terms. They thought that Robert Mueller was going to deliver the goods, but he backed out from a full-fledged frame job against the president and so they they were almost out of time and they had to come up with something else and they come up with the ukraine uh hoax because donald trump asked about joe biden's corruption in the ukraine they cranked this up rolled out their liar in chief their and you got to give it to him uh bug-eyed net pencil neck adam schiff is a very skilled an expert liar, totally shameless, will argue uh, one side of an issue completely um, without shame and then turn right around and argue the other side of the issue in the same (laughs) statement. And we got to see him yesterday uh, for an hour opening the Democrats' impeachment case to the Senate. And you got to give it to him. He is a very skilled liar. I think he probably learned these skills in playgrounds as he was growing up trying to talk himself out of ass whoopings. 
Uh, but he he was in there in the in the uh, Senate, sort of looking like a uh, some sort of space alien in the well of the Senate, making these absurd arguments in a very skillful manner. We got to see uh, Jerry Nadler come up there and insult uh, the president, the Senate, the American people, anybody that doesn't buy into their uh, carefully crafted fantasy about Donald Trump uh, trying to get the Ukraine to interfere in American elections. Jerry Nadler uh, said, you're on American. You're engaged in a cover-up. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that when the founders formulated this whole impeachment process, they could have never guessed how short the American attention span would become or how how badly uh, the Democrat Party could descend into uh, purposely abusing this power in order to to advance their political power. So this is the very first impeachment in the history of this country. There have been four in total. Uh, Richard Nixon actually resigned before uh, they could impeach him, but it was most um, certainly a foregone conclusion that they were going to impeach him. But this is the very first impeachment process we've had where the party in uh, you know pursuing impeachment has alleged no crime. No high crime, no low crime, no high misdemeanor, no low misdemeanor, no violation of the Constitution in any sort. They, they, they will keep saying that they're protecting the Constitution. But you continue to listen to them, and they will not specify for you exactly how Donald Trump is supposed to have violated the Constitution. And we're going to get into a, a lot of clips from this. But first, first I want to remind you that uh, American Pride Roasters is giving away a bag of coffee each week to one lucky listener. If you'll just send me your your uh, email address, you can shoot me a, a, um, a message on Twitter, or you can email me at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. That uh, is rightnowjimdaws, D-A-W-S, no E, D-A-W-S at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line. Leave me your name and your email address, and uh, we will uh, choose every week one lucky listener to get one of these great bags of American Pride Roaster coffee. Uh, and you will be uh, given your choice of which uh, which bag you will receive. So yesterday, um, after listening to Adam Schiff uh, make his impeachment fantasy which he's very convincing of. We had to remind ourselves that uh, during his hour-long uh, yarn, he cited no actual crime and no actual violation of the Constitution. And in, in addition to the president choosing his legal team to make his arguments uh, before the Senate, he's also chosen a, a very effective team of uh, House Republicans to make the case in the media and John Ratcliffe, who is a former prosecutor, a congressman from Texas pointed out 
exactly what I'm saying. No crime, no violation of the Constitution. Well, I think the, the uh, uh, Senate defense team, as they prepare this and present this, are going to point out the fact that, again, the irony of the uh, House Democrats wanting to impeach a president for obstructing House Democrats in a 78-day process where they forbid him from participating for the first 71 days. People are going to find it ironic that the uh, House Democrats are wanting to impeach for obstruction of Congress, a term that the founders referred to as the separation of powers. They can't make constitutional arguments because they don't have any. This impeachment fails. It fails factually. It fails legally. It fails constitutionally. Constitutionally, um, this is going to be like uh, killing a fly with a sledgehammer. Uh, the House Democrats had a weak case, even on a slanted playing field where they okay. made the rules, changed the rules, and broke the rules to their advantage. On a level playing field, it's going to get ugly. I expect a short trial, no witnesses, an early acquittal for President Trump. So Schiff Nadler and, and the House managers uh, came in there and immediately started saying, we have an overwhelming case a slam dunk case for impeachment. And oh, by the way, we don't have all the information we need. So we want you, the Senate, to do the job that we purposely didn't do in the House of Representatives. And that is to find the evidence, find the witnesses, um, subpoena these people that we failed to pursue over in the House of Representatives because despite the fact that we're telling you that we've got a slam dunk case, we can't, in fact, prove it. And Mitch McConnell, for his part, was saying that uh, we're going to use the exact same process that we used in the the, uh, Bill Clinton impeachment that was voted in the Senate 100 to nothing. We're going to use that same process here. Oh, no. Chuck Schumer and the House managers, they couldn't have that because, you see, they don't want to spend any time. They've, they've got 24 hours to argue their case. But their case consists of one uh, about inch-wide uh, three-ring binder. They can't fill up 24 hours without just repeating themselves again and again with these bogus accusations. And so they're, uh, they're sort of mixing up their case well. Uh, you know, we've got a slam dunk case, and oh, by the way, you need to call more witnesses and evidence to prove our slam dunk case. Well, uh, Mitch McConnell's not interested in that. They want to hear the actual case and see whether, in fact, even the allegations that they're making rise to an impeachable offense, which they most certainly do not. And that's the case that they're going to call Alan Dershowitz. Now, Alan Dershowitz is not somebody I would have had on my legal team. The fact that he defended O.J. Simpson and and Jerry Epstein would disqualify him. And I think that he should be not have been chosen. But he's, uh, he's making the case uh, that even if everything that the Democrats allege were true, which they're not, that this would not be an impeachable offense anyway. My mandate is to determine what is a constitutionally authorized criteria for impeachment. And I strongly believe that 
abuse of power is so open-ended. Half of American presidents in history, from Adams to Jefferson to Lincoln to Roosevelt, have been accused by the political enemies of abusing their power. The framers didn't want to have that kind of criteria in the Constitution because it weaponizes uh, uh, impeachment I, I for partisan purposes. I understand that's your position, but that's not what I'm asking, because you're also a citizen. As a citizen, George do you think it's okay for a president to solicit foreign interference in our election? That's their narrative. Asking about Joe Biden is interfering in our elections because, you see, he is a candidate. So if he's a candidate, you're not allowed to point out his obvious prima facie. That's a a legal term that means on the face of it. You're not allowed to cite his prima facie corruption in the Ukraine and China and all of these other areas. And, uh, you know... After months and months of Nancy Pelosi saying we're not going to impeachment, as soon as Joe, um, uh, Donald Trump asked about Joe Biden, man, she mobilized an impeachment effort, the shortest in American history, in order to put Trump back on the defensive. And I think that's because it wasn't just Hunter Biden and Joe Biden engaged in corruption in the Ukraine. I think a lot of other Democrat and probably Republican as well, families, friends, and cronies, were engaged in this corruption. The United States, through the International Monetary Fund, was pouring billions of dollars over into the Ukraine, a notoriously corrupt uh, nation. Uh, it's been ranked by uh, people who study this as the most corrupt nation in Europe. And I think a lot of them Uh, had friends and family, including Nancy Pelosi and John Kerry and probably a bunch of others. They were engaged in this corruption in the Ukraine. And so, you know, they, they march off with this impeachment effort, the shortest in American history that cites no high crime or misdemeanor and no actual violation of the Constitution. And they've got bug-eyed, pencil-necked Adam Schiff, to spin his very expert, shameless lies in order to try to put this forward. And so Chuck Schumer spent all day yesterday saying that we can't use the same process that we use for Bill Clinton because we need to have more witnesses and evidence to prove the case that the Democrats allege because they didn't do it in the House. And he Actually, at one point, let it slip exactly what all of this is about. The only power that the American people have when a president abuses power, other than elections, is this impeachment process. (laughs) The only power that the American people have, other than elections, yeah, we we can't wait this next seven months, which in past impeachments was even longer than the the uh, house took to formulate an impeachment we can't wait till this upcoming election to let the people decide we can't make our case because that would be leaving it up to the voters we can't and nancy pelosi has actually said this not once but several times we can't uh leave it up to the american people to to determine whether or not Donald Trump is reelected or whether or not he engaged in election interference by asking about Hunter Biden's corruption. 
And uh, the the president's uh, attorney-in-chief for the case pointed out uh, that, yes, indeed, the Democrats want to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in the upcoming election. It's too much to listen to, almost. The hypocrisy of the whole thing. And what are the stakes? What are the stakes? There's an election in almost nine months. Months from now, there's going to be an election. Senators in this body the last time had very wise words. They echoed the words of our founders. A partisan impeachment is like stealing an election. And that's exactly what we have. We have, talk about the framers' worst nightmare. It's a partisan impeachment that they've delivered to your doorstep. In an election year, some of you are upset because you should be in Iowa right now. But instead we're here. And they're not ready to go. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous. And the American people won't stand for it, I'll tell you that right now. They're not here to steal one election. They're here to steal two elections. It's buried in the small print of their ridiculous articles of impeachment. They want to remove the President Trump from the ballot. They won't tell you that. They don't have the guts to say it directly. But that's exactly what they're here to do. They're asking the Senate to attack one of the most sacred rights we have as American Americans, the right to choose our president. You know, when they worked up the impeachment against Bill Clinton, it was about a two-year-long process. They, they put together and uh, impeached the president for these bogus charges in 71 days. And now they show up in the Senate and they say, well, we've got a slam dunk case, but oh, by the way, we need to stop everything and you need to uh, allow us to call more witnesses and uh, and deliver more evidence. It, I mean, you can't have it both ways. Either you've got a slam dunk case, go ahead and present it, or you don't. And Mitch McConnell was determined to stick with the precedent of the Clinton impeachment because it received over uh, it received a unanimous vote in the Senate, including Chuck Schumer, who who tortured the senators last night by making them sit in motion after motion to amend the resolution offering impeachment to to call these additional witnesses. The Democrat manager's argument is basically, we've got a slam dunk case, but we don't have the evidence to convict, so you need to do the job in the Senate that we failed to do in the House. Mitch McConnell wasn't having it, and here's what he had to say. Nobody, nobody will dictate Senate procedure to United States senators. A majority of us are committed to upholding the unanimous bipartisan Clinton precedent against outside influences with respect to the proper timing of these mid-trial questions. And so, if any amendments are brought forward to force premature decisions on mid-trial questions, I will move to table such amendments and protect our bipartisan precedent. 
If a senator moves to amend the resolution in order to subpoena specific witnesses or documents, I will move to table such motions because the Senate will decide those questions later in the trial, just like we did back in 1999. So Schumer spent, uh, I, I guess, six or eight hours presenting amendment after amendment, requiring the senators to debate it, or the uh, the House and uh, administration lawyers uh, to defend it. And despite the fact that Schumer was arguing against it, back in, uh, in the Clinton impeachment, he was arguing just the opposite. Oh, buddy. Well, let me get this clip. Uh, where did it go? Here we go. I think today is a sad day. It's a sad day for the country. It's a potentially sad day for the Senate. It seems to me that no good case has been made for witnesses. There's no need to continue forward because there are certainly not two-thirds for impeachment. So back then he was arguing, well, there's no, there's no majority for impeachment, so why are we dragging the country through this? We don't need to hear from more witnesses. And that's exactly the same case here. Uh, they... They could argue in this case until they're blue in the face. There is never going to be a majority or a, uh, a two-thirds majority in the Senate to remove this president. It's not about removing the president. It's about um, tearing him down and smearing him and torturing the American people so much that they give up, lose uh, lose their will to fight, and allow them to uh, to defeat this president and remove him from the ballot in the upcoming election. Nadler claims, uh, while he was arguing Schumer's motion, that failure to um, use the same or failure to allow the House members to call additional witnesses before they make their case is a cover-up. So far, I'm sad to say, I see a lot of senators voting for a cover-up, voting to deny witnesses, an absolutely indefensible vote, obviously a treacherous vote, a a vote against an honest consideration of the evidence against the president, a vote against an honest trial, a vote against the United States. A real trial, we know, has witnesses. We urge you to to do your duty, permit a fair trial. All the witnesses must be permitted. That's elementary in American justice. Either you want the truth or you, and you must permit the witnesses or you want a shameful cover-up. History will judge. (laughs) History will judge. I don't don't think going into the Senate and accusing them of engaging in treasonous treachery and a cover-up was exactly the, the best foot forward that Jerry Nadler could have placed because the uh, senators are not going to take kindly to that. And Pat Cipollone, the president's lead attorney, made that case. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice, members of the Senate. We came here today to address the false case brought to you by the House managers. Sorry. We've been respectful of the Senate. 
we've made our arguments to you. And you don't deserve and we don't deserve what just happened. Mr. Nadler came up here and made false allegations against our team. He made false allegations against all of you. He accused you of a cover-up. He's been making false allegations against the president. The only one who should be embarrassed, Mr. Nadler, is you for the way you've addressed this body. This is the United States Senate. You're not in charge here. <laughs> well, the reason they're engaged in this uh, this charade that they put on yesterday, demanding witnesses before they've even made the, even if every, uh, the case that if, even if everything they said were true, it would rise to the level of impeachment is because... They've got 24 hours to fill coming up over the next couple of days to make their case, and they know that all they're going to be left to do is repeat the same bogus, easily disprovable allegations over and over again. It's going to be pretty tedious at some point, and the American people are going to tune out. we got to run out to a break. You're going to hear two messages, and then we'll be right back, right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. So send me your email, your name and your email, and we will put you in the hopper for... A free bag of American Pride Roasters coffee. Absolutely fantastic coffee. You can shoot me your uh, your name and email address at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or leave a, a message on the vent line at 772-245-0750 and you will be eligible to win. So as we went out to the break, I was pointing out that uh, the the big fight yesterday was whether or not the Democrats were going to be allowed to use the Senate in order to do the job that they failed to do in the House, and that is to try to prove their case. And what the what Mitch McConnell 
and the Republicans want to do is use the same exact process that they used in the Clinton impeachment, and that is to listen to the, the case that the House presents, determine first whether or not there are any allegations of anything that rises to the level of impeachment, and then vote on whether or not they need to hear from additional witnesses. The Democrats want to accuse the Republicans of a cover-up. Oh, you're engaged in a cover-up because the president resisted our efforts to pierce the veil of executive privilege, and uh, and we didn't want to litigate that because we had we had a timetable, you see, that we had to uh, to meet, and that was first. <laughs> we got to drag these uh, these Democrat challengers to Joe Biden off of the trail. And second, we've got to muddy up Donald Trump so much that he can't be reelected. Well, Mitch McConnell's not going to have any of that. So Jerry Nadler took to the well and accused the senators of treason, treacherous treason, and a cover-up. And, uh, and Cipollone, the president's attorney, um, had some choice words about that which ended up forcing uh, Chief Justice Roberts, who's presiding, to weigh in and say this. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the President's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Um, In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging, and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. (laughs) <laughs> pedophagging that was uh during the andrew jackson impeachment that was enough to uh get the senate the uh, house managers uh admonished pedophagging the definition is placing undue emphasis on petty details <laughs> placing undue emphasis on petty details well that's that's Pedophogging is is Adam Schiff's whole stock and trade. Highlighting and emphasizing petty details that don't prove his case while ignoring a mountain of evidence to the contrary. So I guess Roberts couldn't uh, prevent Schiff from pettifogging because we're going to be treated to 24 hours of it over the next three days. That's Really, the House Democrat manager's case is pedophagging. And and what they're really asking, these Democrats, is that we remove the president because he asked about Joe Biden. We're supposed to ignore all of the great things Trump has accomplished in spite of the determined obstruction of the Democrats since he was elected. Dow Jones has broken record after record. Now, some people will say, well, you know, that's Wall Street. Well, guess what? Under the retirement systems we've got now, almost everybody's retirement funds 
are, are invested in the stock market. And so the only way that Americans have for a, a dignified retirement any longer, most of them, the vast majority, is if the stock market does well. The president, recognizing that, has taken the reins off of uh, big business and allowed them to set record after record at, in the stock market. And now everybody's 401ks are flush, but the Democrats don't they want you to pay attention to that. They want you to pay attention to their pedophogging. The gross domestic product, which is a, 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 a measure of how well this economy is doing, and when the economy does well, it rises all, all boats. They want you to ignore that. Even the uh, uh, GDP to debt ratio has gone down. Under Obama, it was uh, 105.3%. Under Trump, it's gone down. Now, the debt has gone up. But that's not because the tax cuts and the cuts in regulation haven't worked. That's because the Senate has continued to uh, increase spending. The actual receipts to the Treasury from taxes have gone up despite the tax rates being cut. Jobs are absolutely through the roof, and that is at long last caused wages to increase in foreign policy. This president has kept us out of any additional wars. He's opened channels of communication to, to, uh, North Korea to offer them an alternative to their disastrous, uh, nuclear ambitions. And he has long last put Iran back on the defensive. He's, um, I guess this wouldn't be considered a positive by the Democrats, but he has uh, put constitutional conservatives throughout the judiciary. Ninety. No, it's I think it's one third now of the uh, judiciary has been appointed appointed by Donald Trump at the appellate level, which is where the the precedents are really set. We're all supposed to. Just turn a blind eye to that. Here, listen to Adam Schiff Pettifog. And if you don't want to listen to it, you better let us win. And so now the same media talking heads that were arguing during Bill Clinton's impeachment that we don't need witnesses. We don't need no sneaking witnesses. They're they're making the case that, oh, well, you can't expect the House Democrats to present their overwhelming case unless you allow them to call additional witnesses and documents. Here's a clip from back during Bill Clinton's impeachment with um, these network talking heads, Dan Rather, John, uh, Charlie Gibson, Peter Jennings, and others, Eleanor Clift, arguing that, uh, oh, we, we've got, we, 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 we can't have witnesses we don't need any more witnesses. 
It's been the whole issue has been a sham. It shouldn't have gotten this far. The House acted improperly in passing it on to the Senate. Why is your party dragging this thing out? Why is this happening? Why go through all this uh, this business about witnesses? Do we really need more witnesses? It's going to add months to this thing. We should stop this. This bogus inflated uh, case. And get on with business of governance. Will these people just get down to business and leave this impeachment thing alone? It's going to be an enormous distraction uh, to the White House and all kinds of issues that the Congress ought to be considering. There's a long line of of the people's business that seems to have been put aside and apparently is going to be put aside for weeks, if not months now. We begin tonight with the voice of the people. The visitor who got up and shouted, God Almighty, take the vote and get it over with. God Almighty, the man said, take the vote and get it over with. You know who the hero of this whole thing is? It's the guy who stood up in the Senate gallery last week and said, good God, vote and get over with this, will you? This process is Stalinist. His actions certainly do not warrant impeachment. Is there, is there not some concern of the public perception in, in some quarters, not all of them Democratic, that this is, in, in fact, a kind of effort at a, quote, coup. That herd of managers from the House. <laughs> I mean, frankly, all they, all they were missing was white sheets. They were like night riders. One White House official told me today, in 20 years, he said, people will remember three things about this, that the president was impeached in the House, that he was acquitted in the Senate, and that the whole thing was a partisan hit job. Nancy Pelosi likes to say at every opportunity that uh, this president's impeached forever and that's going to go down in history. You know what's going to go down in history for this? Is the Democrats forwarded an impeachment case entirely on a partisan basis. They didn't have a single Republican vote and several of their members in the House of Representatives voted against this impeachment. And then they showed up in the Senate not ready to prove their case. Here's the, 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 the little subtext that nobody in the media mentioned yesterday. Even if the Senate voted to subpoena additional witnesses and additional evidence, the president would still be entitled to invoke executive privilege. And the only way that, the, uh, that that executive privilege could be violated is if you had a court so enforcing these subpoenas. So this is this is what I'm talking about when I say that the, the House didn't do its job. They should have showed up in the Senate with all of these issues already resolved instead of leaving it up to the Senate to try to to do their job. They're they're hanging their hat on the, this idea that John Bolton is going to go in there and and feed into this impeachment effort. The idea that John Bolton, who has said that he will uh, comply with the subpoena if the House sends it, the whole idea that he would agree to testify without a court order if what he will testify to would support the Democrats' impeachment case is pure fantasy. This president... Uh, is delivering on John Bolton's number one uh, agenda, and that is to uh, to end Iran's pursuit of nuclear weapons. John Bolton's not going to go in there and testify to anything that's going to get this president impeached. And and all of this is because Donald Trump. Ask about Joe Biden. Last night on Tucker Carlson's show, 
he was um he was pointing out that not only has Joe Biden been able to get the entire media to stop talking about his obvious corruption in the Ukraine, he forced old Bernie Sanders to apologize when he pointed out that yes indeed Joe Biden is obviously corrupt. In an era where millions of Americans are suffocating under mountains of high interest debt, Biden spent his entire career in the Senate serving credit card companies, while at the same time making it harder for regular people to get out of their debts in bankruptcy. In return for that service, the credit card company MBNA gave Hunter Biden a job. That happened, by the way. Don't take our word for it. Here's noted non-right winger Tom Brokaw confronting Joe Biden about it in 2008. Your son was working for the company at the same time. In retrospect, wasn't it inappropriate for someone like you in the middle of all this to have your son collecting money from this big credit card company while you were on the floor protecting its interest? Absolutely not. Servant to the credit card companies? Quick, think of something more disgusting, more harmful to normal people. Running a porn site? Selling liquor to children? It's hard to imagine what's worse than that, what's more destructive. Even honest leftists are offended by it. Over the weekend, Bernie Sanders' campaign surrogate, Zephyr Teachout, wrote a piece pointing this out. Quote, Biden's career was bankrolled by the credit card industry. He delivered for it by spearheading a bankruptcy bill that made it harder for Americans to reduce their debts and help cause the financial crisis. He not only authored and voted for that bill, he split with Barack Obama and led the battle to vote down Democratic amendments, end quote. Well, that's all true. Look it up. So is Biden apologizing for what he did? No, he's not. In fact, somehow Bernie Sanders is apologizing. For the crime of telling the truth about Joe Biden, the entire Democratic establishment has landed on Bernie Sanders with both feet. For days, he's been savaged by establishment robots like Paul Krugman of the New York Times. Quote, this is really a bad look, Krugman tweeted. It illustrates everything that makes many Democrats distrust the Sanders team and the buck stops with the candidate. Of course, there's nothing to distrust about Teachout's column. It was factually accurate in every way. But Sanders got the message. Apologize, we will destroy your candidacy. He promptly groveled for mercy. Joe Biden is a friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years. He's a very decent guy. And Joe and I have strong disagreements on a number of issues, and we'll argue those disagreements out. Uh, but it is absolutely not my view that Joe is, is corrupt in any way. <laughs> you know, Tucker points out that uh, he had to apologize because the mainstream media would destroy his candidacy. I don't, I don't really think that's the case. I think that the reason that uh, Bernie had to apologize was because that not only is Joe Biden corrupt, but Bernie Sanders is corrupt too. Bernie Sanders is a multimillionaire with three mansions. The way he got that money is he used taxpayer money. He funneled it to groups that his wife was in charge of and his, uh, I think it was his wife's, one of his stepchildren in order to, to, uh, to get rich. So Bernie Sanders didn't want to be subject to the same scrutiny that he was putting on Joe Biden. So he quickly marched out there and engaged in this mea culpa. So we're not allowed to talk about Hunter Biden. We're not talk, allowed to talk about uh, the $3 million at, at minimum that he was paid 
to protect. It was it was a protection racket over in the Ukraine. We're not allowed to talk about the $1.5 billion investment he secured from the communist bank in China. And Adam Schiff is, I, I said back there earlier, that Adam Schiff is an expert liar that's able to argue both sides of a, a case at the same time. He'll tell you that we need, we need more witnesses, but... Oh, we, we don't dare call Hunter Biden. That would not be legitimate. Hunter Biden, for example, can't tell us anything about whether the president withheld military aid, whether he withheld that aid to coerce Ukraine to conduct political investigations or why he wouldn't meet with the president of Ukraine. The only purpose in putting him on their list is they wish to trade material witnesses like Mr. Bolton and Mulvaney uh, and others for immaterial ones that will allow them to continue to attack a political opponent. That's an illegitimate uh, abuse of the trial. That's an illegitimate legitimate abuse of the trial getting to the, the the core issue of whether or not it was legitimate for the president to ask about hunter biden that's illegitimate says adam schiff brett hume appearing uh, with tucker carlson uh, had a different take on that well what this does get at uh, it seems to me tucker is the question of whether someone by virtue of being a presidential candidate uh, should be immunized from investigations um, by an administration of the other party. Uh, obviously, if you're going to start investigating somebody who might be your leading political opponent or a leading political opponent, you need to tread carefully because that's not how we're supposed to do things. So what, what, what testimony from Hunter Biden, for example, um, might get at is the question of whether there were actually legitimate reasons other than potential political benefit to President Trump of getting the Ukrainians to investigate the Biden's relationship with that company and and po- what possible benefit it was to him, to his family, and so on, and right. obviously, therefore, to his father. So that's, I think, where we where we where we are. You know, I think that the uh, the White House lawyers are not doing a, a very good job at advancing this aspect of the case. They need to put a lot more emphasis on the fact that the president asking the uh, uh, the Ukrainians' uh, new president about Hunter Biden was not only legitimate, but it was part of his responsibility. You had Joe Biden on videotape before the Council on Foreign Relations bragging that he got the prosecutor fired, the very same prosecutor that they could bring in there and get to testify that, yes, in fact, he was engaged in an investigation in Burisma to the point where he was actually seizing the uh, president of Burisma's house and his assets right before Joe Biden demanded his firing. So one of the reoccurring themes in the Democrats' attack on Donald Trump is it, it very much, you know, like uh, like this impeachment effort, they they continue to insist that Donald Trump is a, a racist. And just like the impeachment process, they won't cite any actual examples. They fail to cite any statements that Donald Trump, any racist statements that Donald Trump has made. They just make the accusation and they move on. And, of course, they've got the mainstream media that will continue to forward that narrative. But you can listen 
from now to the end of the time, end of time, and you won't find any exa- them giving any examples of of Donald Trump making racist statements or engaged in racist policies. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. He's engaged in policies, including increasing jobs that have benefited greatly minority communities. He's redoubled funding of historically black colleges, segregated black colleges, I'd say. And he's, uh, he's delivered on criminal justice reform, which, again, I think is a bad idea. But despite all of these efforts, you got people like Hakeem Jeffries, who's one of the House impeachment managers, saying things like this. Obviously, these are challenging times in the United States of America. We have a hater in the White House, the birther-in-chief, uh, the Grand Wizard of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, one of the things that we've learned is that while Jim Crow may be dead, he's still got some nieces and nephews that are alive and well. That's the kind of over-the-top rhetoric that they're employing against this president. And they're continuing to forward this lie that Donald Trump said that the, the neo-Nazis and the, um, the Klansmen that showed up in Charlottesville, Virginia, were good people. And the reason that they keep putting forward that obviously debunked hoax is because they're so desperate to find some example of Donald Trump engaging in the kind of racism that they allege. They can't find any actual examples, so they've got to keep telling this lie. I mean, they've got to, they've got to lift a clip right out of the middle of what he had to say to make it look like he called the Klansmen and neo-Nazis fine people. And yet you've got Hakeem Jeffries up there claiming that, oh, we don't, we don't uh, dislike Donald Trump. We don't hate Donald Trump. That's not why we're engaged in this impeachment effort. Okay, one final question, and that is House Speaker Pelosi, who's been saying for weeks that she takes no joy in the impeachment of Donald Trump. She used the words that you've used, solemn, uh, solemn, sober, serious. Here she is. This is a very serious matter, and we take it to heart in a really solemn way. Which is why even some Democrats were surprised to see the ceremony where she signed the articles of impeachment, handing out pens like it was a celebratory bill signing. And as we can see from these pictures here, all the participants look pretty happy. Doesn't that blow a hole in your narrative that the Democrats aren't enjoying uh, the, uh, the, the impeachment and the effort to remove this president. I was at that ceremony, and there was no joy well, the, we, uh, in we that just ceremony. Saw the, we just saw the pictures, Congressman. There was no joy in that ceremony. And from the very beginning uh, through the end, Speaker Pelosi has been clear that we are going to proceed in a very serious and solemn and sober fashion. We don't dislike this president. Uh, we work with this president on criminal justice reform. I did personally on the First Step Act. We work with this president to pass the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. We work with this president to fully fund the government. But you've also we been talking dislike- about impeachment, uh, a lot of your members, since he took the oath of office. We don't dislike Donald Trump, but we do love America. We do love democracy. We do love. We don't dislike Donald Trump. We think he's a grand master of the Ku Klux Klan, a grand wizard, but we don't dislike him. 
You've got uh, Joe Biden out there on the campaign trail addressing these black churches saying that Donald Trump praised the Klansmen and the neo-Nazis in Charlottesville, engaging in this lie. Again, that's because they don't have any actual examples of Donald Trump saying racist things or doing racist things, so they've seized on this thoroughly, completely debunked hoax. I've just got a few minutes left, and I, I was off the air yesterday. I had to take a mental health break. We, uh, we played a, uh, um, a couple of interviews yesterday with, um, with the author of uh, a new book, uh, Authorized um, Account of the Trump White House, Doug Weed and Dan D'Amico on the China trade issues. But I want to talk about this uh, this rally in Richmond, Virginia yesterday where 25,000 defenders of the Second Amendment showed up with their weapons, legally carrying their weapons in the open. And we were told for days leading up to this event by the mainstream media that this was, this was going to be a disaster, that they were going to engage in violence. So you've got all these heavily armed American patriots showing up there was no violence. There was no fights. There were no uh, looting of stores like we've seen in Ferguson and, and uh, Baltimore. All you had was a bunch of uh, American patriots exercising their Second Amendment right. They showed up. They made their case, and they left. And I just want to remind you in the run-up to the, the, uh, the protest what all the mainstream media we're hyping. Right now, thousands of gun rights activists, white nationalists, militia groups all swarming the Virginia state capitol. There are a lot of people nervous about what's going to happen. Authorities in Richmond are on high alert. It could be a tense day. Such polarization, what may happen in Virginia. Several hate groups, supposedly some white nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalist groups. White supremacists. White supremacists. White supremacists. White extremists. This entire rally stands in, in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern here. Raising fears of a dangerous confrontation. It could be violence. And there is real concern there about what the intention is behind this. A lot of it goes on and on. So compare and contrast that kind of coverage that you heard from the same me- uh, the mainstream media with the coverage that they had of Ferguson, Missouri in the aftermath of the, uh, the killing uh, of of uh, Mike, I can't remember his last name, a guy that uh, attempted to take a police officer's gun and then rushed him. They burned the city to the ground. The, The mainstream media coverage of that was it was mostly peaceful because the violence was engaged in by a minority of the rioters. In Baltimore, in the aftermath of uh, Freddie Gray's uh, verdict. They burned the city. The mainstream media's account was it was mostly peaceful. Antifa is allowed to roam the streets with masks on and assault uh, people who they disagree with politically. 
mainstream media covers up for that and they vilify a bunch of American patriots that show up exercising their constitutionally protected rights. That takes us to the end of this show. Thanks for joining us. Hope you'll come back here tomorrow right now with Jim Dawes. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.